Hello and welcome. This is Self-Control, How to Build a Better Life, the podcast that will inspire you to take control of your mind and your mindset to go forward and build the life that you want to live. My name is Patrick Strevens, and this podcast is something of a journey for me. It's chronicling my journey toward peace of mind, if such a thing were ever possible. And I'm honored you would make it a part of your journey as well. As you know, I'll never tell you what to think, how to, how to speak, how to dress, how to act, what to eat. I may tell you what to eat as we go forward, but we'll get to that. Most importantly, I want you to know that this is a conversation that you are more than welcome to join in on. This is not preordained wisdom. This is a place for people who are seeking to improve themselves and talk about the processes that go into that lifelong pursuit. I want to pick up on an, on an idea today that I've maybe briefly mentioned before on the show. Uh, this will not by any means be the perfect and only retelling or, or working of this idea. I hope that this is something that can actually um, drive the show forward uh, as we get into more and more guest interviews and I get into a deeper understanding of myself and, and, and taking these ideas forward. This is definitely one, this is something of a flagship idea. It concerns addiction but it also con- concerns the way we come out of addiction and what we learn through addiction. You know, and when it comes to addiction, I guess I would have to jump in right now and say, you know, if you're someone that's dealing with a serious addiction to opiates, to alcohol, you know, uh, to sex, to, to things that are dangerous, uh, this may not be the silver bullet for you. I don't know that a talking head on a podcast could ever help somebody with a severe health issue like that. Um, you know, in a perfect world, this this way of thinking and this exercise that I'm going to uh, lay out for you may be a tool in the toolkit if you have a serious addiction, although I, I'm not so sure. I think this show best serves those who, like me, just basically have a low-grade <laughs> a low grade form of addiction, a low-grade anxiety, you know, a functioning mental health problem that we are working towards um, improving upon. So if you are, if you are someone that more or less uh, lives a a normal life, quote unquote, normal life day to day, um, but you are looking to improve upon certain um, aspects of it, I think this show really would serve you. Although I don't want to turn anybody away. You know, if you've got a deep addiction problem or, you know, a serious anxiety problem, uh, you may find some help uh, in the words of this show. And that would be, that would be more than wonderful. Um, so I, I, w- I would say that this is not medical advice. This is not, you know, health advice. This is a way of thinking and a way of looking at the world and a conversation about what we can do about our addictions and uh, what our addictions teach us about ourselves. And, and let's be quite clear, you know, if you, if you do have a low grade addiction to like, I don't know, ordering skip the dishes or Uber Eats or Postmates or Grubhub, you know, food online, I mean, that still robs you of the joy of life, right? It robs you of the joy of cooking. It robs you of a lot of money, for one thing. Those services are incredibly overpriced. But I don't mean to make light of that. I think there are plenty of plenty of addictive behaviors and addictive substances that are more or less normalized in modern society. And, and hell, even uh, I knew somebody who once had a problem with uh, McDonald's Monopoly. You know, it's it's not a joke. I mean, it was funny, but it's it's not a joke, right? Like it can happen to any of us and in, in a lot of ways it's normalized. So I guess that would bring me then to 
to what I'm what I'm ultimately going to argue for is that a deeper understanding of your addiction will actually show you and shine the light for you to eventually begin to control and work out of that addiction. And I might use the word addiction. I might also use the word like chronic or habitual use or chronic and habitual behavior. It, it has to do with, I guess, it has to do with things that we undertake that we know are, are hurting our health or hurting our quality of life. In fact, I'd like to just read you a short line from a book called How to Know God by Deepak Chopra. A wonderful book I'd recommend if you're on a spiritual or personal development journey. On addiction, Chopra writes, When pleasure becomes obsessive, the result is addiction. If a source of pleasure is truly fulfilling, there is a natural cycle that begins with desire and ends in satiation. Addiction never closes the circle. So when we're talking about what I'm talking about, that being addiction, let's think about it like chronic repeated behaviors that never truly satiate us, that never truly leave us feeling fulfilled, and yet we undertake them time and time again in the hopes of, well, who knows, who knows, but well, we'll actually will find out at least partially why, why we undertake those non-fulfilling behaviors that we know are, are ruining our quality of life in some way or another. So I think the absolute first step here, and this is not something that I necessarily would have put as the first step a few years ago when I started thinking about this, but through some hard-earned wisdom, I would say the, the real first step in, in this is to give yourself some grace, right? Like don't crucify yourself day in and day out for having this addiction, right? If you know there's things that you're doing that you can't seem to stop doing that are ruining your quality of life, it's very, very likely that there's a certain amount of shame uh, or guilt associated with that. And that's fair and that's probably, it's understandable, right? So step one is to just on some level accept it, right? Like don't live in this world where you're, you're doing it in secret and telling yourself that it's not a problem while, while then having to suffer through the wreckage or the problems that you're making. Accept it. Accept that you are doing this to yourself and forgive yourself for doing it and forgive yourself for not being able to fix it just yet. Moreover, we have to have some forgiveness for ourselves for not having fixed it and for, for thinking that this is going to happen in a day. You know, we don't quit we don't quit 10, 20 year habits in a day. So forgive yourself for even thinking that that was possible and try to change. You know, we're not going to get too far in this life without some self-love. And this is an invitation towards self-love. Forgive yourself for the spot that you're in, for the harm you've done to yourself and others. Accept that it's a problem and try to change. All you can do is try to change. We're not even saying that you're going to beat this. Now, we're not going to go into it saying we're not going to beat it. But the goal here is to try to change. And having a vision of that life without it would probably be useful too, although I haven't really included that. And it's just occurring to me now. <laughs> so step one, accept it, forgive yourself and try to change. You know, I think that 
as I said before, there's a lot of substances and, and behaviors that are normalized in our society that are fundamentally addictive and that can, in the wrong hands, ruin our quality of life. Uh, a big one for me that I will talk about in this episode is marijuana. I used marijuana for many, many years, probably almost 10 years or more before finally quitting rather abruptly. And there's a great story involved with that that I will tell later. Um, but if you, you know, and they say marijuana is not addictive and that's fine. But if you, I always find it strange when people complain about their poor mental health and then in the same conversation brag about their use of marijuana. I think that there may be some people in the culture, although who knows, because most of what's fed to us is lies. But there may be people in the culture or people that you know um, who seem to be getting where they're going, who seem to be high achievers and they're using marijuana. And that may be possible, but it certainly wasn't the case for me. It was a hindrance in my life and it was a retardant in my life. It slowed me down and it prevented me from getting where I wanted to go, but it prevented me from getting to know myself, right? It clouds the mind. But I will go further with that shortly. What I want to let you know that in this, in this way of thinking, it's ultimately going to be a writing exercise. And if you're not someone that enjoys writing, uh, too bad. And I suppose you could, if you were really adverse to writing, you could do voice notes on your phone, or you could do voice dictation on your phone, or you could do videos on your phone, and you're going to watch them back, I suppose. Um, I don't, I mean, you have to in some ways, what this is, first and foremost, is a way to order or organize the chaos right in your in your mind to sort of connect the dots as to why you do what you do connect the dots as to why you partake in these toxic habits so to me writing has allowed me to connect dots like that in my life and to get to know myself on a deeper level and to be able to think more deeply about myself um you know i've advocated writing in a journal on this show many times um I still would. I would say that if you're going to partake in this addiction, this addiction understanding program and process, um, you, you're going to have to get yourself another notebook and a, you know, maybe a different pen. I don't know. Use the same pen if you like. But you can't be afraid of writing, I think, for this to work. Now, again, I'm completely open to the idea that you don't need to write for this to happen. But I would say writing... Um, has been one of the number one things that has improved my quality of life and my self-understanding. And if that is part of the journey you're on, a journey of understanding the self and self-development, writing is, is, is very likely going to be a part of that in one way or another. I'll say it like this, then you have to in some way order the chaos of your thoughts. Writing is probably the best way to do it. If you're more of a verbal person and you prefer to speak, uh, speak voice notes, I could accept that. Either way, you're going to have to be able to have a record of your thoughts and be able to go back to it. So as we know, addiction or repeated sort of chronic behaviors are quite often because of a traumatic experience in our life that has happened to us or a trauma that uh, we continue to live through and we, and we medicate through that. I want to go a step further and say that the substance or the behavior that you are addicted to, that you are repeatedly using, is going to be the absolute marker, the absolute sort of beacon as to where the problem lies in your life. 
exactly what substances and behaviors you choose, they're for, they're for a very good reason, right? They are medicating as best as you can the problems that you have and the pain that you feel. So if you've gotten to the point now where you're able to forgive yourself and you're willing to try to change, you're willing to sort of improve your life by taking on this addiction and you're willing to start writing, you've got yourself a notebook and a pen, the true first step then, now that we're sat, we've sat to take on the problem, is going to be awareness. It's accepting that there even is a problem to begin with. And I, I think I've said this on a, on a previous episode, we're never going to be able to fix any problems that we, that we aren't aware of. And you, know, you may not be aware of the depth of the problem, and that's where the writing comes in. So Again, I've spoken a little bit about my uh, addiction, my addictive tendencies towards pornography and masturbation. I'm going to speak more about them going forward now. So if that's not something that you prefer to hear, that's quite all right. Um, perhaps fast forward to later in the episode. Although I really cannot speak about addiction without going through my own lens. So, but I'll try and keep it, um, you know, again, try and re- reduce the graphic nature of it to to more speaking about it theoretically if i if i may so we need to become aware and like i i've been lucky in a sense that like i had moments where i was aware like to me it was the pornography was a problem but the masturbation was also a problem i believe that males who who undertake that sort of behavior too much, uh, you know, we just, we're not hormonally healthy. We're not strong. We're not outgoing. We don't necessarily look great. I don't see a world where someone is masturbating to pornography five, six, seven times a week and, <laughs> and in good hormonal health and in good social health and in good psychological health. I just don't see it. So, however it happened, I suppose I stumbled upon this idea on, on a Quora a question or a Quora form. If everyone goes on the site Quora, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and someone said, quite frankly, it's like, well, m- you know, masturbation is an addiction like anything else. It brings you up. There's that dopamine surge, that dopamine spike, and then you drop off. And of course, you then become addicted to that dopamine rush uh, of a novel experience. And then I think pornography ties so well into that because um you know, let's say you're someone who's not super social, super outgoing, not self-confident to put themselves out uh, into the dating world per se, or you have a hard time doing it, um, or you failed at it before. You know, pornography then presents this this virtual arena where you can go and skip all the small talk and skip all the seduction and skip all the hard work. And you can now essentially in a sort of, well, in a, in a, in a way that is very real, in a way that is very real to a certain level of our consciousness, on a certain level of our brain, we can now have a sexual experience, a sexual encounter with the person of our choosing who looks exactly like we want them to look and who does exactly what we want them to do. But I think I think that ties that obviously then ties into the dopamine the dopamine cycle in the brain. It's like we can have this, we can have a novel sexual experience 10 times a day, every day for years on end. Now, certainly that's not good because on, on some level you've now tricked yourself um, into, into believing that you've had this experience, but really all you've done is watched, right? You've, 
And so now you've, you're taking on a sort of spectatorial or a viewership role in your own life. So anyway, I became aware that I had a, that masturbation and pornography could be a problem. I then set out a number of years ago to stop that behavior. And again, I, whether actively or not, consciously or not, I had a lot of grace because I was willing to say this is not going to be easy. I'm very deeply addicted to it. It feels very good. Because let's be honest, I mean, yes, I think porn is a scourge on society. It's it's bad for people. I can only speak from the perspective of, of a straight man. I think that it's it's done a lot of a lot of a lot of evil and a lot of harm to straight men. You know, it because it's so easy to sexually gratify yourself now and have a, a rather fulfilling experience. Because let's be honest, high definition images of a woman getting ravished into multiple orgasms, a beautiful woman uh, that you'd like to be with, um, in a lot of ways that fills the gap for a lot of guys and it's good enough. But I think that is now on a, on a mass level taken the sort of sex drive and the, um, you know, the, the desire to go out and, and meet a woman and seduce a woman and, and have a family together, um, more conservative traditional values I'm speaking of here, but the innate human desire to go out and find a mate and to procreate has in a lot of ways been taken from the men and the young men of our culture today through pornography, among other things, but mostly, you know, especially here through pornography. And the prevalence and the widespread availability of hardcore pornography that, again, you can, you can have yourself uh, a sexual experience with no effort and move on with your day. But again, I, I don't believe that it's a healthy pursuit. So I don't want to go too far off the rails and become some anti-porn crusader. I'm, I'm not going to judge you if you use pornography, but it is something that I fought long and hard to rid myself of, and I believe I am better for it. So again, I became aware that it could have been a problem and I began in January of 2019 to, to stop, to stop looking at pornography, to stop masturbating to pornographic images. Step two in this writing program, once you've developed an awareness, and again, you can, you can linger on awareness as long as you like. If you're, if you're just getting into the writing, you might as well as like, well, what is the problem? How long has it been going on? Why do I think maybe I do it? What do I, again, we're going to go into more detail, but awareness of the problem, what does that look like? How often are you partaking in this behavior? How is it negatively affecting you? Are you ashamed of it? You know, do you, do you put, do you put off doing important things to do this? And again, it's not just pornography. It could be weed. It could be drinking. It could be scrolling social media, any repeated behavior that's quite often related to uh, the, the novel, the, the drive to go after novel stimuli, that's, you know, that's driven by dopamine. So it could, I mean, TikTok is a great example. It's just unending short video clips of the things that you like to see in new ways. And it's no surprise that someone could stay up all night long scrolling on TikTok and again, it's a low-grade addiction. You can still get up and go to, you know, get up and go to work in the morning. But are you the best you could be that next day? And are you the best you can be when you're giving all your time to this, to this virtual world? You know, and that supposes that you're not necessarily learning anything. And I, I know there's there's information and there's there's stuff to learn on social media. We can't demonize it completely, but I think 
I think you get my point. There are normalized activities that we can fall into an addictive tendency and an addictive trap on, and they rob us of the joy, and they rob us from fulfilling our potential and being the best we can be. And this damn show is about building a better life. So we need to talk about these things. And again, I'm not telling you how to act or how to behave, but if you're coming here, let's have the conversation about seemingly uh, normal, normalized behaviors that are addictive and potentially ruining our lives. So again, take the time to linger on the awareness of your problem. I was not aware as early as a week ago that I had this problem and now I am. And I think, geez, I, I waste way too much time. My phone battery is always getting chewed up. My eyes are sore from staring at the screen. I stay up all night. I sleep like shit. That's all I think about is TikTok. <laughs> I'm not even a TikTok creator. I'm just a consumer. So all my time is going into other people's creations and my head is being filled with the ideas of others. Okay, that's a pretty good start. Let's move forward then to step two. What are the markers of the problem? Okay, I'm aware I have a problem. What are the indicators that this is a problem? And we talked a little bit about that. And I think awareness sort of necessarily flows into um, the specific markers of the problem. You know, want to take it back to pornography. For me, um, again, looking at pornography, step one, I began doing it as a child in my parents' home on my parents' computer. So there was... There's that. That's a problem, you know, potentially exposing my younger siblings to it. You know, shaming my parents <laughs> for one thing. Um, and and when your mind is still developing as a teenager, that's frankly not the sort of content you want to be looking at. It, it, it corrupts. Um, anyway, I'm going again on an anti-porn rant here. But again, just to finish the thought, it, it corrupts your conception of what sex is. If you've never had sex and you're watching porn, um, you know, sure there's some uh, inspiration to be taken, but that's, as we all know, that's not necessarily how sex is going to go, especially on your first time, unless you're a real superhero. Other markers of the problem, um, well, like I say, chronic ejaculation led to, you know, acne, um, you know, poor energy, poor sex drive, um, real crippling fear of actually talking to real girls when I was in high school, that sort of thing. What else? And, I, and the markers of your problem may be less and le like a large amount of markers might not be so obvious. There might only be a few. Like if you're, if you're someone that uses a lot of weed, you know, you smoke a lot of pot and you and you believe that maybe now this is going to be an issue. It's like, well, I can't sleep without it. I'm cranky and withdrawn when I'm not on it. I can't eat without it. I'm spending way too much goddamn money on it. Um, you know, all my friendships are tied to it. So there's five. It's like, that's, an, that's enough of a start, I would say. So now step three. We've developed an awareness that there is an issue. We're now beginning to break down how we understand this to be a problem and how it's negatively affecting us. Let's pull back here and have a little bit of fun. Pornography on some levels, is very pleasurable and very enjoyable to consume. Now, it's it makes hell inside your soul, but again, on a different level of consciousness, it's very, very pleasurable. It's like, look at the sex I'm having. Look at this beautiful person I'm making love to. Or with marijuana, I mean, come on. There's a reason marijuana is so popular. Same with alcohol. 
reduces inhibitions. I can now talk to anybody. I feel so funny. I feel so smart. I can chat, chat, chat. I'm the life of the party. Or if it's the scrolling TikTok thing, it's like, hey, I'm just getting blasted by dopamine here. It's just new video after new video after new video. I don't have to think. I don't have to really even move. I can just lay here in the dark and be inundated by funny little videos. I don't have to think about how terrible other things are in my life, etc. You get the point. Take some time to really revel in your sin. And I'm serious about this. What, a, what exactly feels so damn good about that thing you're addicted to? And this is actually very, very important. What exactly feels so damn good about that thing you're addicted to? The fourth step in this four-step process is now to look back on these things, these things that you enjoy about your addiction and deeply analyze why you like those things. Deeply analyze what it is that feels so good and why you like doing it. So again, maybe I'll interject here with a a brief personal interlude. For me, I was a fairly introverted person. I loved using marijuana because it gave me an excuse to continue being introverted. I didn't have to go be social. I could say, eh, I'm going to go smoke pot down in in the river valley maybe with one friend, maybe with no one, and I'm just going to hide from life. I'm going to get away from school. I'm going to get away from my parents. I'm going to get away from my responsibilities, and I'm just going to go be me in my little, you know, essentially, I'm going to go play with my toys, you know, away from the world. You know, it's a very, it was a very childish pursuit, but hell, that's why I liked it. It, it gave me the freedom to continue uh, living life on easy mode. Well, I'm stoned. I can't do that. I'm stoned. I better just go down there and and fool around for a few hours. I better just, you know, well, I'm stoned, right? It was an easy excuse and it was a way to live um, that was free of responsibilities. Um, Now, of course, also marijuana has the physical benefits of of making you, you know, it has some pain-killing effects. Uh, It allows for creative thought. So I'm just wandering around in this wonderland, just kind of floating on a cloud I'm not putting too much serious thought into into life. Right? That's why I liked it. So so that's but that but then that revealed to me exactly the problem. And we'll get into that shortly. Um I don't know. I, I suppose if you were addicted to ordering Grubhub or Postmates or Uber Eats or Skip the Dishes, whatever you have in your neck of the woods, you might say, Well, I like it because I don't have to waste time cleaning up. I can well, okay, how about that right there? I like ordering overpriced food on the internet because then I don't have to do the dishes. Do you think that might be a problem in and of itself? Or I like ordering overpriced food every night because then, uh, you know, I don't have to go to the grocery store. I don't have to learn how to cook. I don't have to learn what different spices are. I don't have to learn how to prepare certain meats. I don't need to learn how to cut up vegetables. And... Like, again, understandable, you know, but cooking, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to go off on cooking as like some great, beautiful act. But again, cooking is one of the joys of life and learning to cook for yourself is going to save you money. And it's going to give you a lot of joy because you're going to find out exactly what sort of nutrition your body requires. If you're ordering overpriced crap from a restaurant that you have no idea how it's been prepared 
What oil has it been fried with? How much salt? You know, how old is the damn thing? Uh, in a sense, you're being divorced from yourself, as an example. You're not aware of what's going into your body and you're not aware of, of why, you know, you may be having an allergic reaction on some level to some of the stuff that you're eating. Uh, you know, but again, if you don't really know what you're eating because you haven't seen it prepared, it just comes to you. A guy just brings it to you and puts it on your doorstep. Um, I, I would say that, you know, this is the kind of thoughts you need to be having. Again, if you feel you're addicted to something and it's ruining the quality of your life, you need to go all in on deconstructing it. Ask yourself, well, why, 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 why do I like to order from Uber Eats every night? Why do I like to smoke pot every night? Why do I have to drink before I go to see my family? <laughs> you know, why do I sit and masturbate to pornography on Friday night instead of going out to some kind of social engagement? And I get it. Social engagements might not be easy. You might not have a single friend. But, but, but ask yourself, why do I sit and masturbate to pornography instead of trying in some small way, to meet somebody. Not even with the expectation of sex, but just why do I hang back and just spectate and watch instead of going out and grabbing life by the horns, even in some small way. So I'd like to maybe preface, well, not preface because I already said it. I'd like to now follow up on this four-step procedure with a story. And this is a deeply personal story that I hope you enjoy. April of 2020, the pandemic is more or less in full swing. So we're all locked down. All my gainful employment went away overnight. And I'm kind of just uh, enjoying, uh, strangely, this is still when I was a pothead. I was just enjoying having no responsibility. And in Canada, uh, our wonderful leader arranged for us to actually get some some free money, like $2,000 a month or, or every six weeks or something like that uh, for a number of months. So, hey, I didn't have to worry about making the rent and buying groceries. I had nothing to do. I couldn't go be with other people. I might as well go smoke dope. So I won't go too, too far into this, but the River Valley where I ran away to smoke dope for for many, many years um, it was very, it was a very important place to me. And if you're someone who enjoys the outdoors, you know, valleys, mountains, whatever it may be, the forest, wherever you spend time outdoors, you can understand the, the call of the wild, so to speak, and why we as humans love to be outside. So I don't hold any ill will against myself or any regret uh, for being pulled into nature uh, many, many times a week. Now, I use that as an excuse to smoke marijuana and flout my responsibilities. But again, the beauty of nature, I think, is, is, a, is a way in which I'm able to sort of justify it and say, well, it wasn't all bad. Anyway, and it, it, was, it was something of a ritual, right? To, to take the marijuana out into nature, to experience it, to, to do it, to get high, to wander around in God's creation, high out of my goddamn mind. That was all part of my identity, right? April of 2020. I live in the Northern Hemisphere. I live in Canada. It was reasonably wintry, but not really. It was spring. So 
but I hadn't really maybe computed that in my brain. So I went out for one of my hikes in the river Valley, about a half an hour walk from my house. And I'm in the river Valley. I'm surrounded by nature, trees, animals, beautiful flowing river covered in ice. Or so I thought, um, beautiful brown dirt landscape, cliffs, pine trees. I can see it now. And in fact, after I finish recording this episode, I'm going to run down there for a little bit this afternoon. It's the most beautiful place I've ever had the pleasure of, of spending any time. The North Saskatchewan River Valley. But I hadn't computed that, you know, the sun was, the spring sun was, was on, right? Like it was, it was beating down and it was warm out there and I overdressed. So now I'm hot and I'm kind of, I'm frazzled. So then smoke another joint. So now I'm high and I'm overheating. Walking up the trail and I see a group of people coming towards me. Now, one thing when I was high, I just could not stand being around other people like strangers for any amount of time. I would do anything. I would take the long way for an hour if it meant not seeing people. So there were some guys kind of posted up. So I went around them as best I could, but I realized to get back to the way I wanted to go, I was going to, I was going to walk on the frozen over river in April stoned out of my mind because I was stupid. I was overheating. I was stoned and I was socially awkward and socially afraid when I was, when I was stoned. So I start walking along the river, which had a thick layer of ice over it, but that ice was very, very soft. And within moments, boom, I broke through the ice. And now, lucky, lucky me, I was very close to the shore. I was up to my chest in freezing cold water. Now, to make matters worse, these guys that I was trying to avoid were at a nice high up vantage point where they could clearly see what had just happened to me. Some stoned idiot just broke through the ice and is up to his nipples in the water. Holy fuck. So I climb out. And what do I do? I keep going. Boom. I break through again. Now, had I been any further out, it would have been over for me. I would have been swept all the way to Hudson Bay. And that'd be the end of my story. And none of this (laughs) that you're listening to would be happening. Oh my God. Terrible. Terrible. Twice to break through the ice up to my chest in freezing cold water. So I scramble up and now the embarrassment of all embarrassments, I have to go back to the path because I just, this is not working. I have to go back up to the path and I have to, <laughs> I have to pass by these guys. And of course I'm wearing a gray t-shirt at this point that's clearly soaking wet. And I, what, what do you even say? I'm not even sure what I said or if I even looked at them and I, I made my way home. The next day, In my notebook, I took myself to task, big time. I raked myself over the coals for that behavior. That just cannot stand. And to be honest, I have not smoked marijuana since that day. And that was almost three years ago. The reason I bring this up is because what I wrote in my notebook after was was very important. 
That was when I finally came to terms with how I was wasting my time in the River Valley stoned. I said to myself, look, I, I want to be a father one day. I want to have kids. Certainly I cannot be running around stoned in the River Valley with a child and a wife at home. What if, what if, what if I did die down there? How would that look? How would that, how would that kid's life then go? Or again, and I've had many near misses down there, fall and hit your head, fall and get impaled by a, a, a tree branch. It's, it's no joke down there. It's, it's, it's a little slice of the wilderness and the wilderness, uh, you got to respect nature. Let's put it that way. So it took time and I had to develop this way of thinking, but I would hope that maybe my misfortune and my follies of falling into the damn river, uh, in April might serve as, as that call or that invitation to awareness for you. It's like, and hope it, hopefully it doesn't take you falling into the river. You know, hopefully we can accelerate that process for you. But what I'm saying is like, in that moment, I then understood how my vices, how my addiction, how my repeated chronic use of marijuana could ruin my life for the long term, right? I loved getting to run away from my responsibilities and be in the river valley and be stupid and be stoned. But look, that's the opposite, right? Deeply analyze why you like these things and then write down their opposite action. While I love being stoned, I love floating my responsibilities. I love running around in the river valley, pain-free, responsibility-free, being a big kid. Okay, what's the opposite of that? Not running around in the river valley stoned. I want to be a father. I want to be a responsible man. Right? I want to, I got to grow up. That was ultimately what it was. It was a call to action to grow the hell up. And I'd like to think that I've taken a few steps towards that since then. So I hope that has made some sense for you. Let's recap quickly. Um, The absolute first step, um, if you believe you have an addictive behavior that's ruining the quality of your life, uh, forgive yourself. Accept accept it and then forgive yourself. It's not going to change overnight. What's done is done. Let's just accept it. We've developed a problem. We're aware. We forgive. We forgive ourselves. We're going to, this is an invitation to practice a little bit of self-knowledge and a little bit of self-love. Forgive yourself. Accept that there's a problem and at least try to change. The next step then is to make time to order the chaos in some way. I'm advocating for writing. Get yourself a notebook and a pen and start writing. Learn to write, right? This is a chance to learn how to write because you're writing about the thing you know most. The thing you know most about and that's yourself. And there's a four-step process to your writing that I would like for you to, to go forward with. Number one, awareness. When did you become aware of this problem? What twigged you? You can write, Patrick on the Self-Control Podcast told me I was addicted to TikTok. If that's what it takes. Or become, or I was late for work because I fell asleep on the bus because I was up all night looking at TikTok. Right? What was the moment? Why are you here? And then from awareness, we can then roll into, well, what are the markers of the problem? I don't sleep well when I'm when I'm drinking, when I'm smoking, when I'm overeating. 
You know, what are the markers of the problem? Emotional, mental, physical, financial, whatever it may be. And then you'll, you'll like this. Take some time to revel in it. What exactly feels so damn good about this thing that I like? I love that, that weightless floating feeling of being high. Or I love that, that talkative, chatty nature of being, being drunk on beer. I, I love just numbing out and not having to think about the outside world and just scrolling TikTok and having a laugh. I love the fact that I can pull up the internet, choose any food in the world I want, and it comes to my doorstep. I love that. I get to try a new food every day. And I don't have to wash my dishes. Or go to the grocery store. Or learn how to cook. You know, we're, we're accepting we've got an issue here. We might as well enjoy what we can, right? So take the time to do that. Because then once you've done that, the fourth step is to deeply analyze why you like those things, right? Because in those things that you like, those things that draw you time and time again to partake in that behavior... That is where the call to personal responsibility, that is where the call to self-help, if you like, that is where the next step lies. The thing that you love most about that addictive behavior reveals to you exactly, exactly what you need to do to stop that. And again, I'm not telling you you have to stop. You came to this show believing that you could live a better life. So how about that? What do you love about that addictive behavior? And then deeply analyze why you like it and write down what would be the opposite action of that, right? So in my case, I love the fact that I can pull up uh, a porn star on the internet and she looks exactly like my favorite type of woman and I can watch her, uh, you know, get railed into multiple orgasms and, and have the time of her life and I can pretend on some level that that's me doing that with her. Okay, well, what would the opposite of that be? How about not doing that? How about uh, maybe not going on the internet for sexual thrills? And it's like, it's not like you're going to write that down and then do it. It's like, okay, there's the objective. And now and we can talk maybe in the next episode about how we can actually, you know, incrementally break down our addiction. But we first need to undertake this step of what would it look like to not be doing that? Okay. I understand that when I look at pornography, I feel guilt, I feel shame, I feel dirty, I feel like I'm abdicating my responsibility as a man. I have a girlfriend. Shouldn't my sexual experiences and my my sexual encounters be with her, not this virtual world? You know? Not the least of which is like some of the porn you see is certainly acted in by people who are being trafficked, you know, or underpaid or abused. You don't you don't know. You don't know. And again, I'm not an anti-porn crusader, although I'm kind of becoming one. I feel like I've taken a back seat in my own sexual life. I watch other people. I don't go out and do it myself. I feel unfulfilled in my own sexual experiences because of what I see on the screen and I'm comparing them. That's a recipe for self-hate. So again, forgive yourself. Become aware of the problem. Write down how you know it's a problem. What are the markers of the problem? What feels so damn good about it? And then what would the opposite action be? Fully admitting that it's not going to feel as good at first. 
It's like, I have to smoke weed to sleep. Well, that's going to be a problem, but you're going to have to probably go through a few sleepless nights trying to get your weed habit under control, for instance. I guess in the end, we're talking about long-term, long-term satisfaction in your life, not the short-term gain of addiction. Remember that quote from Chopra? The addiction never truly satisfies us. So I hope that this has made some sense, and I think it's sort of opened the door to the next follow-up episode that I'll get to as soon as I can, where we can talk about how we can incrementally break down our addictions. Uh, and That means like less and less every day. Actually, that's how I quit my addiction to caffeine and caffeinated coffee. So if, if, if you can do that, you can pretty well do anything. In the meantime... There's a number of good interview episodes. Well, I think they're good. I hope you enjoy them. Uh, I spoke with my good friend Luke Bouchard about forgiveness. And that those two episodes are going to be rolling out shortly. As I said, I'm recording with the great Jahan Sattar all the way from the Barbados on February 14th. So we'll look to have those episodes out ASAP after that. I'm meeting a lot of great people through Facebook learning a lot again please get in touch on facebook my last name is s-t-r-e-v-e-n-s first name is patrick you can find me you'll see the self-control banner on my page and we can have a conversation about self-development i would sure love to if you're enjoying the show or not or you've got big problems with me even better but we're rolling on i hope you've had a great january and i hope february treats you very well and i hope that you are undertaking this process of self-development at a pace that works for you. And until I speak with you again, please remember that better is possible.